Hi guys, uh, welcome back to uh, to Pinoy Chaos. Uh, there has been uh, uh, te technical difficulties uh, while I was uh, talking about uh, ancient Roman uh, magic. So uh, we we will have to uh, continue off where we you know, where we where the recording stopped. Okay, so consider this as part two of uh, of tonight's episode. Okay, so here we go. So anyway, so our story, our story is uh, it came from you know, from Tacitus, the writer Tacitus, in his uh, Annals. I already made the joke. Nah, I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna tell the joke twice. Uh, it's about Germanicus Caesar, uh, adopted son of the emperor Tiberius. While traveling in Syria in AD 19, Germanicus suddenly fell ill. Immediately, he suspected that his adversary, Gnaeus Calpurnius Piso, I'm so sorry, Piso. Yeah, I mean, such impressive in our first name, and then the surname, it's just Piso. And it doesn't help that I'm Filipino, and Piso is basically <laughs> the monetary, cur the monetary. currency. National currency of the Philippines. <laughs> Good grief. Piso, my God. Um, governor of the province. So, so anyway, this Gnaeus guy uh, was suspected of poisoning uh, uh, Germanicus Caesar. Okay, in and okay, I'm just reading from uh, from uh, again Almanac of the Uncanny by Reader's Digest. In Antioch, Germanicus' condition worsened. A search of his room convinced him he was a victim of black magic. Among the malignant objects found were human remains, curses, lead tablets inscribed with his name, and bloody ashes. Whether from illness, poison, or magic, Germanicus died soon afterwards. Ooh, creepy, uh. So, okay, and then there's this one thing that I uh, that I noticed from you know, uh, no, a couple of things I noticed from this story, uh, human remains. That's very interesting. That's like something out of a horror movie. What do you think, Dodgy? Mm, that's kind of uh, morbid, and at the same time, uh, it's kind of bloody. It's, it kind of reminds me of uh, necromancy, you know. Uh, using some random body parts, blood, and some uh, corpses for the magic. It's kind of creepy, you know. It's, it's kind of like a, a subject for uh, some sort of a horror movie. It is like creepy. Yes, is it, yes, indeed. It is creepy. And I just remembered something. In Thailand, uh... There is a no, there are there are form there is a form of black magic that involves uh, no, uh, human remains, and and there's even another uh, there's even one ritual which involves okay I'm so sorry if you guys have uh, weak stomachs human fetuses. That's right, human fetuses. I know, right? Grabe. Uh, I hope uh, there aren't any ties out there listening to this and you know getting offended, but. No, no, that's no, that's what I gathered, and I, and I had the no, legit sources. Uh, okay, <clears throat> I hope you guys aren't offended. Uh, 
because they've been using a lot of those kind of things. Like uh, in some other uh, faraway regions, they use uh, human parts and like that. That's right. And to be fair, guys, uh, in here in the Philippines, we also have some kind of uh, uh, black magic that's kind of like that. Uh, similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's fair. Yeah. Okay, so... And uh, the, regarding the necromancy aspect, Dodgy, uh, and I, I have a theory. I mean, what if... What if the spellcaster who who casts a spell against Germanicus used human remains to summon or attract uh, no, uh, evil spirits, yeah, certain spirits, to, you know, to curse Germanicus, uh, to attack Germanicus. You mean something like a gaul? Yeah, something, yeah, something like a gaul, or maybe he used the, rem or maybe he used the spirit who used to own those human, uh, human parts. Mm. Kind of either of the two, either of the two. Because what I'm thinking is that if they would use something like that, probably they would use like a, a corpse or a body of a, a fallen enemy of uh, Germanicus. No, I mean, uh, what's that person again? I'm sorry. Germanicus. Germanicus, yeah. They would use some uh, fallen warrior who fought Germanicus because uh, probably it would make the spell more potent because that person eats it. Yeah, that's a that's a possibility. Yeah. Or it, it would be possible if they use blood magic or some sort of a, a distant barbaric tribe who fought who, who fought with them. Well, there is a mention of bloody ashes, right here. Oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. That's what I'm thinking actually. I mean, what if that blood that was involved with that ash, who came from those uh, bunch of warriors? That's felt be interesting. Mm. And most of those people who were involved during that ritual does have a uh, they hold a grudge for him. I mean that would be really really strong, I think. And then the second uh, the second thing I noticed in this story the use of lead tablets. This can actually be used in uh, modern magical practice. Uh, except uh, instead of lead tablets, I mean, good luck in finding lead ta lead tablets. I mean, where the hell are you gonna buy them or find them, the ba? Sheesh. Rip off your uh, let's say lead pipes in your water and then melt it and then turn it into tablets. I don't. Be the easiest thing to do. I don't know. I I, I very much doubt um, modern magicians have that kind of patience. <laughs> Maybe there are there are a few, but. Uh, you know what? Just go with uh, for a modern adaptation. Just go with a piece of paper and just write down, you know, affirmations. It doesn't have to be a curse. I mean, you can you can use you know as statement of intents. Uh, I mean, I mean affirmations stating I know what you what you know what what you desire. You know, you know, just write. You just write down, I know, I am rich, I am rich, I am rich, I am wealthy, I am wealthy. Yeah. That's enough. That's now that's uh no, that's that's a more a modern and uh, a modern and less malignant way to use this kind of magic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Well, if you would like it to be uh, retro-classical, you can use your tablet, if you have an iPad, or you can use your phone. Just open up your notepad. That'll be, that'll be fine. That'll yeah, be and fine. write down your wishes, right? Yeah. That's a good... That's one thing to do it. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so what's next? That was a very interesting story. Germanicus. Oh, here's a good one. Spring Hill Jack. Oh crap, I lost the page. Where is it? Okay. Here we go. Spring Hill Jack. Okay, this is uh, set in uh, in Great Britain. And uh, I'm going to read the read one part in february 1838 a young londoner named uh, jane alsop was lured uh, lured from her east end home by a man claiming to be a policeman and crying for god's sake bring me a light for we have caught spring hill jack here in the lane jane rushed out with a candle and as she gave it to the man he attacked her savagely her shrieks raised alarm, and with a great leap, he disappeared into the night. Jane later described the man to a magistrate, saying that he was wearing a kind of helmet and a tight white oilskin garment. He had long talons and eyes like balls of fire, and he spewed out blue and white flames. Jane's experience... A what, what? Is that a jack-o'-lantern? That's not magic. Imagine it. Ah, yeah. This sounds like something out of a Halloween themed movie or some sort, no? Yep. You can imagine it's like some sort of a Tim Burton story. Anyway, there's one. Yeah, Tim Burton. It sounds like... Yeah, even by just by the description of the costume, no? Of the appearance. Exactly. Anyway... It's like the headless head... Uh, the headless uh, henchman. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. Jane's experience was the first close encounter with spring Jack. Although there has been sightings of him a year earlier on Barnes Common in London. He was usually described as being more than two meters tall. Uh, Dodgy, question. Uh, uh, sure. In feet, how tall is two meters? Two meters. Let me Okay, that's kind of tall, yeah. But then again, we're talking about white people, uh, and uh, most white people, uh, I think, uh, no, uh, six, uh, six feet is uh, like an average, no? So uh, yeah, I think Spring Hill Jack is uh, no, he's an average heighted uh, being, so and person, whatever. <sighs> okay, so he was usually what? Spring Hill Jack. Spring, like the springs on your uh, uh, on your heels. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, based on checking Google, he's like, uh, yeah, he's like uh, a morbid version of Batman. 
Oh yeah, 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 you got that right. It's a Oh yeah, it kind of like Batman nga. Uh, according to Almanac of the Uncanny, uh, he's uh, two two meters tall or six feet tall, wearing a black cloak and having springs in his boots to bound over hedges. How is that even sci- Is that even scientifically possible? <laughs> and it's possible we have like a, a spring shot on some of the other vehicles, but for you to Bring back like this in like over five feet and require you a, a stronger spring. Overhead just that way. That means. Overhead just well, even a very powerful like that would be the case. Wow. So the spring where would be placed? The spring logically that's a mystery. Exactly. That that is a pretty powerful. Those are pretty powerful springs, no? <laughs> And you should really have a very powerful like to do so for him to be able to use those springs. If that would be the case, and by the way, he, he does really exactly like a, a Victorian era Batman. That's what I'm seeing right now. He's mm. just a bit more of it. Or Daredevil. Or Daredevil. Because yeah. uh, there's this uh, part here saying, uh, in West Norfolk, he was said to wear bullock's horns or bull's horns. I think he must have an image like that. He must have like a, a horn. It's like a yeah, it's a bit of devil. So uh, so I uh, know Batman. Um, so I uh, know uh, a diabolical Batman, Daredevil hybrid. Yep. Oh. Oh, it is also like the Creeper from DC Comics, Red Shaggy Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And oh, there's a tail too. Stiff, curving tail. All right. I think he was supposed to imitate a devil. Oh, and there's uh, there's here's something interesting. An outfit that was once discovered hidden in an old loft alongside a pair of jack boots with springs on their heels. Mm, okay. Interesting. So what happened to Springle Jack? Did he did he just do you know what Spider Man did and you know stop being <laughs> Spring Hill Jack in a more dramatic way or <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Spring Hill Jack, no more. In this issue. Yeah, for some reason, I think. Okay, good. It's still recording. <laughs> okay. All right. Fifteen minutes have passed. Yeah. Okay, so their first suspect for the uh, uh, f- uh, for Spring Hill Jack uh, was uh, the Marquis of Waterford, who was known to be a notorious prankster. So, wow, those those novels, they have a lot of time in their hands. Eh, even back then. And then, there's another one, another suspect, uh, a coal merchant's son. And then, oh, he, he you know, Spring Hill Jack was, an, was, a, was a phenomenon, talaga. And there were, uh, there were imitators, yeah. So... 
just I know it kind of reminds me of the the Dark Knight Returns, you know, by Frank Miller. Yeah, or, they don't wear hockey pants. And then and uh, and then Batman, uh, when Batman came back, uh, he suddenly had an army of imitators who exactly. who fought crime, who also fought crime, but uh, way more violent than uh, than Batman. So, yeah, it, 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 this, uh, this, this part in Spring Hill Jack's story, you know, reminded me of that part. So, so Spring Hill Jack, uh, you know, I have a feeling, you know, this is fake. I don't think Spring Hill Jack was real. Because uh, during those times, uh, there's this, but there's, there are these special books, uh, book magazines of, uh, that features, you uh, know, scary... Uh, uh, scary and uh, short stories. They're called penny dread, uh, penny dreadfuls. So yes, I, I have a feeling, ane, uh, this, uh, this is ane, uh, marketing uh, for for penny dreadfuls. Eh? What do you think? What I mean, Ika, what's your theory on this? Do you think uh, Spring Hill Jack is is a real uh, was a real person or was it a was he a hoax? It's like a, a folk tale. It's like uh, the, the Penny Dreadful. Actually, uh, it's a it's a good show. Actually, the Penny Dreadful. Uh, also, going back, um, there's a lot of imitators of him, and luckily they were not wearing hockey pants at that time. So oh. yeah, it, it's actually uh, for me it's like it's fifty fifty. It's folks. It's uh, a made up thing that they made it sensational. So that people would, uh, you know, buy that kind of uh, thinking or that idea, and then at the same time they would use it for like uh, some sort of a, uh, you know, those stories that they would use to tell to their kids whenever they do something bad. Oh, yeah. okay. Pang, like, kind of like the boogeyman. I'm sorry. Like the boogeyman. Yep, like the boogeyman or the uh, the story of the uh, the Jack the Ripper. Something mm. like that. Okay, I think this is uh, this happened around the same time as Jack the as the Jack the Ripper murders, but I'm not sure. 1838. Probably. Yes, probably because uh, they are somewhat identical. It just so happened that they have a different approach. This spring man here looks like uh, yeah, he's like a crossbreed between Batman and Daredevil. Jack the Ripper is like a, a serial murderer, vampire, little something. I don't know. Something like that. Hmm, okay. And here's okay, here's a here's a create a really crazy theory. What if what if Spring Hill Jack was a now was a thought form? Hmm. An egregore. What if I know? What if uh what if he, you know, he really started out as a, uh, as a series of stories, and then due to hysteria, he was given life? Yes, it can be possible. Uh, yeah, the story, it became to a point of uh, becoming a thought form after the, uh, the first story about it. That's how it began. That's what I'm also thinking, that he could be possibly be a thought form. Or something like that. I mean, it started with this story, word of mouth, and then it evolved from there. So it's like the uh, the history of uh, the Baba Yaga, something like that. 
Mm. And then oh, and then, here's here's one thing that might uh, debunk the no the whole uh, thought form a uh, thought form uh, no theory. Uh, they found an uh, they have they found an out- outfit that uh, that was suspected to be to have belonged to uh, no, to Spring Hill Jack. But on the other hand, like this article also mentioned pranksters. So what if what if there really was a Spring Hill Jack? Uh, thought form egregore whatever and uh, this you know, this uh, found the costume found the outfit was uh, no was just a prank and then uh, I, iron- ironically it contributes to uh, contributes energy to the you know, to the it uh, gives more life to the Spring Hill Jack you know, legend it's possible Possible that they've uh, planted those kind of things to spread rumors, to uh, empower, or to give strength to the uh, agricore, or basically the other uh, farm to the springman. Or it may possibly be uh, a doing of some of the uh, fanatics who would like uh, to, let's say, empower the uh, the spirit of the. Uh, yeah, it's possible he might have fans at the time, you know, and they, what, what, and in their, you know, in their devotion, they want, they, you know, uh, they made, uh, they made the uh, Spring Hill Jack related pranks, you know, to give, to, to give more life to the legend. Yes, it is possible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, uh, even today's serial killers, they have their own fans. So, an an, an infamous character like Spring Hill Jack, uh, most likely he'll have uh, groupies of some sort. Exactly. Another thing is that uh, it could also be uh, a doing of those people who would like to uh, use Spring Hill Jack as a means of a cover-up for their own crime. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's one one thing to consider. Yeah. uh, Let's say they did some sort of a, a crime or a murder, instead of uh, having it being traced back to them, they would use some false evidences and trace it or lead it to uh, the Spring Hill chat. So in that way, they can dodge whatever uh, incoming, uh, uh, let's say, policemen, or let's say, uh, to dodge the, uh, the law for it, you know. They would use Spring Hill Jack as a ball guy instead. Hmm. Which is kind of interesting because uh, way back uh, during those times, uh, social injustice is very, very uh, prominent, and people would usually come up with some stories about these uh, vigilantes and uh, some other uh, creepy crawler legends and stuff like that. You know, kind of like the uh, the story of the Rippers. Which is uh, also the story thing for the uh, like uh, likes of uh, Van Helsing or Solomon Kane, you know. So it could be that this legend was being used by those people to cover up for whatever crimes they did. Or, what if it was uh, no? What if there was a conspiracy to cover up a crime committed by a member of uh, no British royalty? Remember, Springle Jack. Uh, was uh, no, is in 
uh, was set in uh, in England in uh, in Great Britain. So so yeah, what if there was uh, what if there was a big uh, cover up conspiracy? It is possible because back in those days, uh, you know, technology is something new and people are not that adaptable in terms of technology. So their logic still clings on something supernatural or what we would say something like uh, magical, dark or something like that. So they would rather believe the story of the Spring Hill Jack compared to a logical uh, scene of the crime investigation. So it is very possible at that time. Mm. Maybe also uh, like some sort of a propaganda to sway people's thinking about certain things that that's been happening at that time. You know, especially if there's a, a royalty involved in a scandal or a crime. You know, these type of stories can be used as means of uh, a cover up or a distraction. Exactly. Oh yeah. Which our modern day politicians are not often do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's happening. Yeah, it still does happen. So, so it was no. Speaking of Jack, is no. There's a big possibility he might have just been a a big distraction. Yep. Uh, to distract you know uh, citizens from you know, from scandals at the time. Yeah. Yeah, Tama. It's very possible. Very possible. And uh, our last uh, random paranormal topic regards uh, a legendary monster. And uh, Dodge, you're you know, you're familiar with you know, with uh, mythological creatures, the right? So cockatrice. Are you familiar um, with the cockatrice? I used to be ridiculed with that because I call it chicken lizard hybrid with uh, toxic bread, something. Ig exactly. And although it's a no, it's a. It's a chicken for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Weird, right? Rooster. There was even a Magic the Gathering card featuring a no, uh, you know, the chicken hybrid. Yeah, I remember that. The puppetries. Anyway, uh, it, uh, this is a, no, a really strange story. Uh, yeah. the, cock the cockatrice legend was like what? Uh, happened a very long time ago. Like my medieval age or dark ages or something. I think it's like uh, some sort of uh, a mythical beast back in. Uh, similar to a dragon, it's like middle ages. You know, it's like uh, during the time of uh, dragons, wizards. Uh, what else? Uh, like wyverns. So those like the mythical things. Like phoenix. Well, phoenix is a. Uh, Subjective. Well, other cultures will have uh, Phoenix on Well, this story, you know, is really surprising because it's because this uh, story is set in 1733. That is that is know uh, way beyond the uh, no Dark Ages or you know medieval that is, ages. Uh, somewhat Middle Ages, like uh, 1700s, that would be like 18th century, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's just enough. Several decades before, I know, before the eight, the nineteenth century. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in seventeen thirty-three, while workmen were rebuilding a church in the Cumbrian village of Renwick, in the north of England, a hideous winged, uh, winged uh, monster burst out of its foundations. 
resembling the mystical cockatrice or basilisk. Okay. A crowing reptilian creature supposedly hatched by a toad from a leathery egg laid by a cockerel, which is rooster by the way, everyone. Yep. Uh, it terrified the local people who fled and barricaded themselves inside their homes. The monster continued to circle overhead, flapping its huge bat-like wings and emitting blood-curdling uh, shrieks. Wow, how, how, how would you, you know, react when you see something like that? Would you laugh or would you like run the hell out? I mean, I mean, even no, no, even real, even real chickens, particularly roosters, uh, they can be nasty and they, you know, they can attack people. Yes, and we have a lot of roosters around yeah. here in our place. And then there was this recent news, the uh, the there was a rooster in a illegal cockpit fight, a cockfight oh, yeah. that killed the police officer. Holy shit! killed an officer because uh, actually the, uh, the chicken does have like a, it's actually a fighting cock it's a fighting cock, yeah. a fighting cock yes yes and it has you know well a typical fighting cock they do have a blade on the back of their uh, heel that's right and that blade sliced the what's that the femoral uh, it's like the, uh, the main artery on the uh, the neck of the, uh, the police officer yes femoral te artery tama it was uh, located somewhere in the in the tide, right? Yes. So, and yeah. uh, the, uh, the cause of death of the, uh, the policeman was uh, severe blood loss because uh, it was cut by that uh, blade from the uh, fighting rooster. What a strange way to die, Grab, you know? I mean, yes, it's a very strange. Hmm. It is so strange to the point of how the hell would that happen? That's right. And then, I can't now, imagine how now, imagine this monstrosity. Okay, <laughs> a reptilian rooster uh, chasing a police officer. Officer, oh my God, no, that's a sight to see. That is, that is a no. That is worth. That is a no worth viral gold on YouTube. Exactly. During those time, you have with you a camera that is something million likes. I am very curious <laughs> about this story. I mean, uh. Surely it is. A, surely it, it may be a different kind of animal, not a cock, not a cockatrice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If only there were. If only they no, there were remains. Uh, they kept some remains, and then we could just study them with our modern technology. But alas, they probably don't have a means of uh, now preserving the remains. So yeah. Yeah. I guess it was like some sort of a hearsay, may say kind of a thing without the other proof. Yeah, and why I mentioned uh, the uh, studying its remains will be uh, will be in, will be very interesting. It's because uh, no, this cockatrice was slain by a certain John Talantire, uh, one of the workmen at the church. He armed himself with a branch from the rowan or mountain ash, a tree reputed to have magical properties that will repel the evil eye and witches' spells. So, yeah, uh, the cockroaches got killed by a man with a stick. <laughs> he turned that chicken into a chicken, a roasted chicken, using that stick. Yeah, it's now Inisau cockatrice. Yes. So, uh, Inasal pala, sorry. Inasal na cockatrice. <laughs> or probably a roasted chicken like that or something. Yeah. 
And based on that story, I think it sounds like, uh, you know, that story, Don Quixote. The guy who used to be like, uh, he thought of himself like a, a knight in a shining armor and that he thought of himself like he's fighting uh, a giant dragon, but it was not. It's, uh, it's actually a windmill. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. Uh, Sancho Panza was uh, keep on telling him that he's crazy and that he's not actually fighting a dragon. It's yeah. just uh, a windmill. So probably the person at that time was drunk. Senor, no! That is no giant! <laughs> Some sort of... Yeah. Oh, 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 okay, 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 Senor Quixote. Oh, oh, God, he's, I think he's gonna die. No, he still lives! <laughs> he's just he's just stuck at the, uh, the huge propeller. Something like that. Yeah, that, that's, another, that's probably the best Sancho Panza voice I could do. The Sancho Panza thing, yes. Oh no! I bet he, he, uh, no, he always says, oh no. Every time yeah. you know, Quixote does Every something. Time Quixote does something, I don't know, stupid or dumb. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, back back to the story. Yeah, it might be you know, just misidentification. Lang. Exactly. Or probably, here's the thing, probably the person who saw that is drunk. Oh no, no, it's, it's, you know, it's witnessed by many people. But then again, it can it could be a you know, mass hysteria. It could be. You know, I mean, what could possibly happen at that time? Yeah. 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 So according to this story, it was a fierce battle. You know, a man, a fighting a chicken, a reptile chicken with a stick, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, the man with the man slew the beast with his magic stick. The grateful villagers rewarded Talentire for his bravery by giving him freehold to his cottage and exempting him from parish dues. Okay. A record of the remarkable episode is still kept in Renwick's church, but a certain zoological identity uh, identity for the cockroaches of Renwick has never been determined. See? There should there really should have been an A. Preserved remains, but of course, it was the 1700s. They probably don't have the means to you know to, to to preserve the dead body of a of a dino chicken. For some reason, yeah, I think they they burned. I don't know, but it would be very interesting if they would have like uh, just at least like the uh, some remains of that. Especially like the uh, the bones, or if probably they could obtain like some feathers of it. In modern day science, we can do some DNA testing or possibly some sort of a uh, a research using that feather. Mm -hmm, that's right. Anyway, you know. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Way back during prehistoric age, we do have a number of uh, uh, flying reptilian dinosaurs, aside from pterodactyl, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it might have been a, a surviving dinosaur of some sort. Yeah, that's one possibility. They accidentally killed it, and now it's extinct. Something like that. Hmm, that's right. What a shame. Or we could have done, you know, the uh, the Jurassic Park thing. If you know, if if only I mean, cloning has become possible. 
you think it'll feel like a, a, a specimen sample of uh, its feather or blood there? Yeah, you know, you can yeah. create like a clone of it. Jurassic Park. Yeah, but but preservation techniques were very limited back then, so we got nothing. Oh well. Anyway, I really like this story. Um, why? Because not only it's a uh, no, and not only it's a uh, it features a uh, a legendary monster. It's it's absurd, but in a very entertaining way, and it's easy to make jokes out of it. <laughs> So very interesting, actually. Very interesting, yeah, interesting and entertaining. So that's it for uh, tonight's episode of Pinoy Chaos. Uh, despite technical difficulties, I hope everyone out there enjoyed this episode. And uh, again, uh, this is my guest uh, Ryan Marvin Doroha. Uh, again. How will they contact you if they want, you know, professional tarot readings from you? Well, we can, uh, well, I don't exactly do professional tarot readings. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. But, but they can always reach me at my Facebook if they, they want it to. But I cannot guarantee that I can provide you a schedule since uh, I'm uh, on a tight schedule at some point. And right now, yeah, due to work constraints and everything. Yeah. So, if you guys have any questions, okay, uh, regarding tarot or cartomancy in general, Doji is your man, okay? Now, uh, actually, yes, I can do tarot. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Let me advertise to my friend Lito. He's actually a good reader. And if you really want to have one and you're on the lookout for something that's, uh, Something entertaining, but at the same time something informative. Look no further. It's uh, true. Uh, ask my past uh, customers. Uh, say, say hi, guys. Oh yes, it's true. Uh, uh, Liko is a very good those, card reader. Leaving uh, testament for that, and it's really amazing. Yes, he's very amazing, Liko. He's very good looking too, <laughs> ladies. He's in a, he's worth dating. All right. You can easily find him on Facebook. Yeah, and, and then, oh, yes, uh, I'm a little boy, and uh, Kuya Liko is really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I like his cards. Well, you can always also contact this. Very legit past customer, uh, very legit testimonials, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But no, guys, seriously, if you're looking for a cool way for you to be able to have uh, your fortunes to be read to you, or if you want to be entertained, just like that, with uh, a bit of uh, inner knowledge from yourself, look no further. Nico is here to provide you that reading for you. He helped me find my long-lost daughter. <laughs> yes, th thank you, grandfather. Um, please go home, all right? You're, you're still drunk. Right. Yeah. I miss my wife. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Dodgy, do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Oh, so basically, if you want to learn uh, further information about our cards or reading, you can always contact people of the knowledge. And uh, as for me, I don't have yet any page for now, but uh, I'll give you guys a heads up and uh, I'll inform people if there's anything uh, 
about uh, my own games or anything like that. So you can be uh, in touch with me. For now, you can always contact me. He's the best guy now. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Dodgy. And uh, and so we end this episode of Pinoy Chaos. This is your host, Liquor Law, saying good night. And I cue the music. Okay. Bye.